And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hi, my name is Rebecca Mosa, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Brave Maker podcast. Welcome back, Brave Makers, to episode six. Tony is away on vacation. He's enjoying time with his family, and I have a really special guest here doing this intro with me today. I don't know if a lot of you know, but at Brave Maker, we have a really strong core of female volunteers, and one of those volunteers is Jessica Musgrave. Say hi, Jess. Hey, everyone. So, Jess, what is your role at Brave Maker? How did you meet Tony? What do you do here? Tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Jessica Musgrave. I have been part of Brave Maker pretty much since September. And I met Tony, God, how long ago was it? I want to say six or seven years ago. Wow. <laughs> Not compared <laughs> to some of the people he's interviewed. Um, and I, I actually met Tony at, um, at a church he used to be a pastor at, and I was introduced to him because I had gotten my animation degree, uh, recently, and then he was the creative director there, so they had introduced me to him, and I went to his creative crew. And oh, yeah. he asked me to be a part of his short film he was filming at the time, 1440 and Counting. And I did, and I fell in love with film and everything behind the scenes. And uh, I was a PA on that one, so a producer's assistant. And I loved it. Go ahead. I was just wondering, had you done anything with film before? No. That's interesting because Tony has that way because I had not done anything with film before. And now I feel like I have quite a few film credits under my belt maybe that's not the right word but I have a bit of experience he has a way of pulling you into film which is really cool yeah yeah he's he's so optimistic and he's passionate and I mean he's god I love working with him he's driven and he he'll motivate you you know to do things you didn't think you could do. So when I had first went on 1440 and counting, obviously I was scared out of my mind. I didn't know what I was doing. And it's almost like he purposely prepped me for a producer's role. So, you know, when I would work on that film, um, everything I did, he would say, oh yeah, well, let's do this and let's do that. And, you know, just kind of encouraged me to take the next steps and think outside the box and everything. And then after that was done, he asked me to come back and do uh, be a producer on his next short film. Woo! Yeah, on on Neighbor. <laughs> so I got to do that. Um, we've worked on a couple more short films, and now we have a feature film that's coming up that we're working on. And it's funny that you were mentioning um, that we're mainly a core of women volunteers. Because on that film, so far the crew is pretty much like 90% women. Yeah, and I think that's been a very intentional thing, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it gives it a different feel. You know, yeah. women behind the scenes have a different feel on a film. So yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and what about, um, what about Brave Maker? When he explained it to you, did you think, oh man, what is he up to? Or were you really excited and like, oh, let me be a part of that? Kind of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at first, I, I seen him, you know, he was originally making posts and stuff online about, okay, well, I'm leaving my job of 20-some-odd years, and I'm starting a new venture, and from literally the bottom up, he had never spoke to me about it before, so I had never heard anything about Brave Maker. I was kind of intrigued and scared at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but everything, it's going to sound so cliche, but everything Tony has touched in the film industry that I've been a part of has 
so to speak, turn to gold. Mm. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm game. I want to work with Tony for sure. He's, he'll find a way to make it happen. You know, that's, that's what he's about. Definitely. <laughs> he's the reason we're sitting here recording this podcast now that you guys are all listening to. He had an idea for that. And we're like, oh, hey, yeah, we'll jump on. We'll be a part of it. Yeah. So what is your role in the podcast? I know we've mentioned you a couple of times. Maybe people don't realize, you know, what kind of goes into it and what you do. So do you want to let them know? Yeah. Um, so for Brave Maker, I am a producer for a film fest we have coming up. And then also for the podcast, uh, I help with editing he has two podcasts, this one and Holy Cannoli, and I help produce and find guests for that. And for this one, we're always looking for original music of artists. Um, so if you have any, send it our way. And you actually um, edited this episode that is my interview. It's my second session in Spain, and it was my interview with a good friend of mine, uh, her name is Dipti Tapa, and she is a multimedia artist and designer. And I had such a great time talking to her. We have a really good friendship. And I think it's really nice to put all these positive um, positive stories of women um, in, in creative industries, becoming friends and, and supporting each other like we have here at Brave Maker. And just a little example of, of the type of person Dipti is, is she sends me every morning an affirmation and a little meditation, you know, to help my day start right. And that's it, you know, like it's just she really cares about people and really cares you know, about building up. So in our interview, we touched on a lot of things. We touched on her very vast volunteer background. We talked about the different areas of creative areas that she's involved in because she's involved in a lot. We even talked about things such as veganism and how it's related to spirituality. So there's a little bit of everything in this episode. And at the ep end of the episode, we'll have some music for you, so make sure to stay tuned for that. So what else is coming up before we get into my interview with Dipti? What else is coming up um, for Brave Maker? So at Brave Maker, we're hosting a special film screening on justice reform. It's going to be at the Fox Theater in Redwood City on Tuesday, April 30th. At 7 p.m. So exciting. I know. That one's on criminal justice reform. It's That's going to be good. Mm -hmm. And the turnout's going to be amazing. Um, I'm excited for that one, too. <laughs> and then um, Brave Maker is hosting our first annual film fest in Redwood City. It is going to be on June 1st and 2nd. Mark it on your calendars. And what kind of films can, can people expect to see? Oh, we have a wide variety that we're doing, but our our focus is brave stories because, like Brave Maker says, brave stories change the world. That is exactly right. So on that note, stay tuned for the story, the interview, the conversation between Dipti and I, and we hope that you enjoy it. Bye. Bye. Brave stories change the world. You are the story. We are trying to get used to this mic, which is super sensitive. It picks up on every little sound. Yeah, like everything. <laughs> so forgive us, but welcome to the Brave Maker podcast. I'm not sure which episode this will be, but... As you know, I am traveling in Spain. I am one of the hosts of the Brave Maker podcast, Rebecca Mosa, and I am here with my good friend, my soul sister, Dipti Tapa. Say hi, Dipti. Hi. <laughs> and uh, I'm visiting her. She lives in the south of Spain, um, just up the coast in a town called Benalmadena. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Benalmadena. I'm really trying with my pronunciation. And uh, my partner and I came to visit her, and she has this amazing property that they are, it's a working space with a lot of creative work that her and her partner do, as well as living, has beautiful ocean views and garden, and it's so peaceful. The energy is amazing. Just to set the scene for you for where we are, and right now we're doing this conversation in her what would you call it, like a studio space? Yeah, like a garage studio. Garage studio, yeah. We have some music instruments around us and a whole bunch of creative stuff. And what was this that you were telling me about? It was an old photography... 
Um, it's from the 19, uh, I think 1970s, um, an instrument to develop photographs. Oh, okay, cool. So you can develop really big negatives. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting things for our eyes to feast on while we're doing this conversation. So just to set the scene for all of you brave makers that are listening. So I want to do a little introduction for Dipti. She is a multidisciplinary artist uh, with a very varied background. You grew up in Hong Kong and in India. Yeah. Um, I think your parents are from Nepal. Mm-hmm. And you've done a lot of traveling, picked up on a lot of different cultural things. Uh, also wanted to so share how we met. <laughs> and you're going to hear a lot of laughing through this uh, conversation. We'll try and keep it under control, but we always have a good time together, and we hope that you can enjoy that and join in on that with us. So Ditti and I first met while we were both studying in Spain, and actually we decided to do... Um, with locals in one of the Spanish towns. It was like a cross-cultural exchange, right? Yes. (laughs) And uh, so they were taking us out and they were showing us different things like how to make paella. They took us on a hike, showed us different parts of Spain. It was some of the youth there. And then we put on kind of like a variety show. And Dipti, myself, and one of our friends who's from Denmark, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) We miss you. (laughs) We decided to do a performance, so we are singers. So we sang in English and Spanish, and then Dipti, who is a classically trained um, hi, uh, Indian Hindi Hindi, Hindu, yeah, singer. So, <laughs> did you want to give us an example? Oh, so, you know, I just wanted to clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like she was ready to, you know, maybe break out into song. So we did this really cool rendition. Um, we mixed kind of these things, and we did that uh, for one of the some of the youth in one of the local Spanish towns. And the three of us really, really got along well. And we, there was no instrument. Yeah. There, oh, it was all a cappella. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Can you imagine the whole hall was staring at us? <laughs> and where we were performing was uh, in an education building, and the acoustics, like the sound, just filled the whole room. So. Yeah. Yeah, we are brave. We are brave people. So it's perfect that we're doing this uh, this conversation together. So that is about Dipti. And I would like to maybe just ask you some questions and share some of your knowledge. I know you have a vast knowledge in so many different creative areas. So we can pick your brain and, and have conversations. I know you don't like to brag, but I'm going to talk you up on this. So one thing I'm interested in is how did you first know that you were... A creative person or that you had creative tendencies or that you like to make things? I think um, I, I have always thought that I am an artist because I like to paint and make art and crafts but uh, to, do, to be a creative person was a completely different thing mm-hmm. so I found that out uh, when I joined the, the creative media department in uh, City University of Hong Kong uh, when, uh, when you know when our professors uh, threw us with so many challenging um, projects and uh, for me it was uh, it was so fun to do those projects because I thought it was just me you know and that, that I think that is when I found that I was creative where I was breaking all the norms and all the mm. boundaries of uh, you know being uh, even you know to be before I was like uh, into fine art stuff but, you know, when I went to the creative uh, department, I actually did so many, uh, you know, uh, so many things to uh, defy all the laws of the, the rules of the fine arts and, you know. And this was in uh, multimedia at the time you were studying in Hong Kong, is that right? Yes, I was studying creative media in, uh, in the uni- in City University of Hong Kong. Ah, oh, very cool. I think earlier when we were talking, you also spoke about how your family members and some of your cousins picked up that you were a creative person, even when you were little. Did you want to tell any stories about that? Um, you know, when we were kids, uh, as, as, you, as you already mentioned, that uh, I, I was born in Hong Kong and I went to India to study when I was about seven, eight but because we, uh, our hometown was in Nepal, so every summer holiday we would come to Nepal. And because, you know, at that time we were not so privileged to have swimming pools around us. So we had this uh, really, really small pool uh, near to our home. 
and we, uh, me and my cousins went there to, you know, to swim. And we were not allowed to go inside because we didn't have any proper swimsuits. So I told my cousins that, okay, let's get out. I'm going to, you know, uh, come up with a solution. I just went to the na- neighbor's house, took the scissor, and I said, okay, I'm going to just... I just started cutting off everybody's clothes to make it tiny and, you know, cut off the sleeves to make it look like a swimming costume. And then we went back in and we swam. <laughs> so my cousins still remember me for... Uh, of course, one thing is that I, they remember me because I destroyed their clothes and shoes, you know, everything. But they also tell me that, uh, you know, it was the, the best and the creative solution that I mm. used to come up with. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, those types of things, I think often uh, as we get older, if we look back on when we were young, we can see those little sparks and those little creative moments and those innovative thinking moments. And it's like, it's interesting to see that those gifts were kind of always there. Maybe it took us a while to recognize or to make yeah. them our profession. Yeah. But that, I think that's really cool. And now... Because you have such a unique background, you know, with living in different countries and speaking different languages, do you think that that culture affects your art or do you think it, like, how do you think it adds to it? Um, yes, I do definitely have a, a very strong culture influence from uh, Hong Kong, from India, and uh, I do tend to put a lot of, uh, you know, culture... Uh, aspects uh, in my artworks like for example India is very colorful and mm. uh, you know it's uh, it's very multicultural um, you know even though India is one country but you know there are like I, I don't know I don't want to say the number <laughs> because I don't I you know I don't know the exact number but there's there are many states mm. and every state has its own language own culture own food Wow. And they have their own thing going on, you know. So, uh, and uh, same with the, in, in Hong Kong, you know, people have a lot of uh, Chinese background, but they have lots of Western background because it was uh, in a British colony. Right. So, yes, it does affect in my, in a lot of my artworks. So, but I would say it's a, it was a, it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think everywhere we go, we can learn a little bit more and it shapes who we are as people. And of course, that's going to shape your artwork as well. Yeah, and now I'm in Spain, so, you know, now I can see <laughs> yeah. that I'm kind of, uh, you know, adapting and capturing a lot of Spanish uh, cultures as well. Yeah, very cool. Um, one thing I also wanted to touch on is before you started your kind of doing more of your creative work, you actually worked as a teacher and yep. a spiritual leader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this girl's so interesting. <laughs> We're in for a real treat. But um, do you think that had an effect or, or maybe tell us a little bit about that? I think the more that you know the artist, the more you can understand the art. And of course, we're going to link to your web page and things so people can check out your work. But tell me a bit about that part of your life. All right. You know how I finished? Uh, well, when I finished my high school and uh, I was a science student and then I was an art sco- uh, student. But, you know, being in uh, one of the biggest cosmopolitan city, uh, Hong Kong, uh, it wasn't very easy for me to be an artist. I couldn't really see myself being an artist because I didn't see anywhere, actually, uh, where people had that inspiration and motivation mm. for the artist. You know, I didn't really see a space and a uh, and that kind of uh, welcoming inviting environment you know was it more business oriented very very Mm. business and financial centers and um i mean for people who who wants to do business it's it's great because you know it's it's where east meets west and they do they have a lot of trading trading system going on there so i was uh, very confused because i inside wanted to be an artist but i didn't know how to make money out of it so I avoided myself from going to fine art universities because I didn't want to just paint and, you know, make sculptures. So I actually decided to study programming. Ah. And I did programming for a year. And then I couldn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. So I, I dropped it. And at the same time, uh, I was really good uh, with language. So I started to teach. Mm. And I started to teach, uh, you know, the local students, um, kids coming to my home, home tutoring, uh, you know, those um, uh, private institutes. 
So I just started to teach and it was a very good money. So, you know, I continued that and I did I never worked uh, as a full-time teacher. Even though later I uh, I was teaching in secondary school, but I always kept it as a part-time because on the other on the other hand, I was uh, very actively involved in the voluntary services and in the voluntary services i was uh, it was it's very interesting probably that is why i was uh, kind of keeping myself balanced i mm. was uh, singing dancing uh, teaching the youths to do classical dance um we would uh, every year there was uh, annual programs where we had to come up with dramas and music uh, and you know make our own costumes and a lot of things going on and you know and this was nothing i was not getting paid but i just really enjoyed myself being actively involved in it mm. and I was uh, and I chose to be the spiritual leader uh, teacher leader uh, sorry <laughs> a spiritual teacher because um, it was challenging me to become the role model ah. so you know how it's so easy to preach and tell other people what to do right but not <laughs> but then it's so hard to do it yourself so right. when I was a teacher I put myself into a position where I had to be the you know be an example so and that was the time also when i was a uh, when i was a vegetarian right you know for 10 years to see you know to do actually um, inspire other people to be vegetarian because i was vegetarian yeah i'm, I'm interested in that too because uh, as you know i'm um I don't eat meat either. And I'm just wondering, was that part of the spiritual practice to be vegetarian? And, yes, definitely. And why is that? Uh, I mean, the whole process of, you know, eating meat is uh, is uh, violence. Mm. It's, it's coming, the root cause of that is violence. And we gather the energy of, uh, you know, when the animal is being slaughtered and they, the hormones and all the chemicals that they produce when they right. are going to be killed. It's actually we, we, we are eating them. So mm. it's uh, and then we get all the animal qualities in us, and you know, so that so the qualities if you want to work on, like uh, you know, to be peaceful, to be <laughs> nonviolent, and you know, to to have uh, the patience and to speak the truth. I mean, this all starts with the you know with what we eat. Yeah, very holistic idea. Interesting. Yeah. So sorry, I think I. I interrupted because I was very interested in that for my own self. I hopefully. <laughs> How's it going with you? For you, it's been very good. Uh, if we segue a little bit, um, since becoming a vegan, I do find like I know it sounds maybe I don't know if like odd to say, but I do find a different sense of peace and calm mm-hmm. uh, once I changed my diet, and I think that can come from many different areas. But that's that's for another podcast, another day. <laughs> Today we want to talk about um, more about your creative things, and I'm just wondering what kind of obstacles uh, do you face as a creative? What, what would you say from project to project? What are the maybe reoccurring things? Uh, definitely financial issues, because um, you know, because I'm I'm also working, but I'm also kind of struggling to be a complete artist where I'm just free to, you know, uh, produce and execute whatever I want to. Right. And just, I wanted to know, um, Dipti, is you work uh, with a, what is it? It's like a tech company, uh, a tech, uh, Danish tech company. Do it's, a Yump, it's a Yump design. Uh, uh, Yump, yeah. And you do graphics and illustrations. And I do, yes, illustrations, graphic design, editorial works. Yeah. So, um yeah, so I think it's uh, it's financial issues because it restricts me from getting all the amazing tools that I want to. <laughs> so that is uh, the first thing. And secondly is the time mm. because, you know, because I'm an adult and <laughs> I have to make my own living, pay my own bills and look after myself and, you know, my partner and, you know, our place, this house and the garden and my families and everything. Right. So trying to do all that and then trying to find the time for the projects that you want to pursue in the future, it's like I, I'm still learning to balance that. And creativity can can take a lot from you. It can, um, you put, a, at least for me, when I do a project, I put so much into it. So it can, it can really, you need to set aside that time and also to make sure you have some rest after you worked on a project, at least I find. 
But what are the ways that you overcome like the financial aspect and the time aspect in your projects that might be helpful to other people? Because I'm sure there's many creatives who face that same issues. Yes, in the beginning, I, uh, you know, I go crazy with my ideas, and uh, I never dream I'm, big. <laughs> exactly, I never. I'm not selfish at you know, thinking big. Right. So um, I think big. I have concepts, and I imagine, and uh, you know, once I feel like okay, this is what I'm going to, you know, this is what I want to pursue. Then I try to see what kind of limitations I have, what resources I have. And if I think that it's not coming to my budget, my energy and my time, then I try to downsize that. Mm. I try to use very natural materials and I, I try to see how I can use the recycle, you know, recyclable items. And uh, oh, actually me and my boyfriend, we even sometimes go to see, you know, the old uh, furnitures and, uh, you know, in the secondhand markets to see if we can get some kind of objects or, you know, things to to fulfill our in our artworks. So that's how I try to <laughs> overcome. So there's, a, there's actually a big part, um, a, a focus on sustainability, and it kind of it works both ways, you know, helping the environment and, yes. and it's also helping your budget. Yes, and you know what? Actually, as a matter of fact, you will be amazed to see that there are so many things that are not used and people are just throwing out every day that you can actually make use of. You know, one man's, one man's trash is other man's treasure. treasure. Yeah. And I find that so true because, I don't know, because for me, I feel like we are producing so much waste every day. Right. And, uh, and I have really understood, you know, that I don't want to be the person who just wants to buy and keep on buying and buying and buying. Mm-hmm. So... And I'm I'm just like going back to, you know, reuse, 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 recycle. And you know I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's an important thing to to understand that you can be successful in in doing more sustainable techniques. Um, in in North America, I know that we're it's a very consumerist society and like you said, we're just trying to buy, buy, buy. And I think um, by new and I think there's a lot of value in, in what maybe has already been produced and seeing how you can introduce mm. that. So I really like that you do that. Do you also find that maybe it sparks your creativity a bit more when you have to use non-traditional materials or, or work within a budget? I know for me, it's like sometimes I end up making things that I never thought I would have just because mm-hmm. of those parameters. Yes, definitely. Firstly, I don't feel guilty that I spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I keep, you know, when I am on the process, I just realize that, uh, you know, that my artwork have taken a twist it has taken a little bit of turn and yes. i actually like it because you know it's uh, it's coming from a very down to earth natural products and uh, still keeping in my concept of you know what i want to achieve so yeah very cool and i don't think we mentioned all the different i said multidisciplinary because that's the only way i can explain it because you have your hand in a little bit of everything i think creatively <laughs> yes <laughs> um one thing that dipti and i did uh and one of the collections I was making, I do streetwear now, but I was doing gowns. And she also modeled for me. And I'll see if maybe when we um, post this podcast, maybe on my Instagram, I'll look for some photos and I can can do like, what is it? What are they called? Throwback Thursday or whatever. Yeah. Or flashback Friday or something like that. <laughs> We're both not great with technology, so I'll figure it out. But we actually collaborated with Dipti was my model. Um, of course, I was a designer, and then your partner, who's a professional photographer, did the photos, and we <laughs> shot um, these my gowns in the castle in Manda, Castillo de Manda. Yeah, and that those your dresses, I felt so confident. <laughs> it was like it was meant for me. You wore them so well. Now everybody's going to want to see the photos, but we will definitely post them. They're they're beautiful. Um, but with the castle, this is something that's interesting is that you and your partner, Essa, who's from Finland, maybe we'll mm-hmm. talk about his work a little bit later, but you actually are both, what would you say, resident, how would you word it, resident artists or? Yeah, we're you, sort of like permanent artists. Ah, uh, yeah. We, we were invited to, um, actually, this is how it started. The, uh, the, the owners who was running the, the castle um they they were renovating the castle mm-hmm. so on the time they had opened a, a post in the website saying you know job uh, it's open for jobs uh, for different kind of jobs you mm-hmm. know in in the hotel and it was a huge castle 
So I approached them as a graphic designer, wanting to uh, design uh, for them, you know, all the brands. Mm. So when I passed them my website uh, and my my boyfriends, uh, they said, uh, you know what, how would you like if, uh, you know, to actually be the artist, to exhibit your works instead? And me and my boyfriend thought, that's that's amazing, (laughs) you know, Uh, we would love that. Yeah, not many people can say they have permanent uh, ongoing exhibitions in a castle. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Yes, yeah, so, so far we, we've been so uh, blessed with that. We, we like it. And one of the exhibitions that, um, that I... Well, you've, you have two that I've, I've seen in there. I think you have the, the White Villages, or was that the... Actually, uh, it starts from the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have exhibited uh, my uh, graphic works. So there are some posters, mm-hmm. uh, some of my fine artwork uh, done with the ink and ink oh, right. uh, on the yeah, paper, right. and some screen uh, silk screen prints. Right. So that goes from fourth floor to fifth floor, and then when you come up to the sixth floor, me and my uh, partner have uh, collaborated in making a series of uh, photographs from the abandoned houses because that was a an ongoing issue in Spain so we yes with the recession and yeah so mm-hmm. we went on um, all the uh, 12 villages and then we picked nine because I, I think officially there is nine but there's actually 12 or 14 villages uh, and uh, you know we we picked a day we uh, went to the village and we said okay now uh, you go left I go right we pick a point and we'll meet in in uh, two hours or three hours or four hours. We don't know how long it's gonna take. So when we met, uh, you know, and uh, we we had a very different, uh, uh, you know, way of seeing uh, the 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 angles of the the villages, and so we combined our ideas, and we made it into a series. I mean, combining nine village pictures into I don't know how many we have probably 20 around 20 you know yeah so that was a very good uh, interesting collaboration we had I love that you you didn't try and necessarily mix like try and combine both of your styles but you took the time to take an independent look and it was really interesting to see what Essa came out with and what you came out with, exactly. you know, and, and although you're in the same village, you have a very different idea yes. of how you look. Like, yeah. I think yours was more like the lines and like you can tell you have a graphic background, yeah. you know, and and so I think I think that was a very cool collaboration that you yeah. can do with a partner. We were both amazed with each other's work, too, you know, I was like, oh, my God, you saw that? And he was like, oh, my God, you saw that? You know, it was so interesting to see, like, we, we both saw something in that uh, subject, but uh, the way we we composed it was uh, so different. And you mentioned to me also that you're going to have now another permanent exhibition in a, a, a another property that the owners who purchased this castle. Yes. Uh, after we did the abandoned house series, then we did the white villages, um, and uh, on the process, they uh, they opened another restaurant in Marbella. Mm-hmm. And they were renovating it and on the process they invited us again because they were very happy with our works being exhibited in the castle so they said okay you know you it's 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 this is your space you do whatever you want to so i thought oh it would be really cool to make a dedicated artwork for you know for that uh, restaurant it was called la cascada which means the waterfall Mm. so i um i came up with a you know in a series i have three works and I came up with a very graphical landscape, minimalistic. And uh, because it's, you know, Marbella and there is sun all the time and very bright. So I decided to put some gold foil on the sun. Ah. So you, you can actually see the shine on the, you know, the poster. Ah, and as I cool. came with, uh, uh, he came up with a, a series of uh, uh, a festival that was going on in uh, in Peru. So that, ha- that was very colorful and very interesting as well for... You know, that's that, what Essa was showing. That's what Essa was showing. Ah, uh, very cool. I love the fact that you're not limited to just one creative area. One thing that I've spoke to, and Tony and I have spoke to in the past, is um, where I've felt kind of handcuffed to fashion. Like since I, this is where my degree is, I can only be there. But I feel like a storyteller, and I have so many different creative um, ideas in different right. areas. So I love that you have 
so touched on so many areas and you've had success, you know, from your visual arts, your fine arts, to your photography, to your music, to your dance. <laughs> you know, I want to do everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and maybe you have one main focus, but creatives it often spills over. That's a cool thing about film, just because, you know, we do talk a lot about film on this podcast, is that you can combine so many of those things. Right. And you actually studied cinematography as well. Yeah, just, I did a semester, and uh, we had to... We studied the basics of the making the films. So, just so you might hear some background noise, because we're in um, the studio space, you can hear some wind and different things um, in the background, because it's a beautiful, sunny, windy day, so... If you yeah. do hear that, <laughs> the trees just swing from one yeah. side to the other. We're bringing you into our into our element so that you can experience this beautiful Spanish sunny windy day. <laughs> right. Yes. Um. Uh. In in our academy, we did. Um, yes. Yeah, so we we did a bit of cinematography where we had to study. Actually, we had to come up with a a play, so we actually wrote some dialogues and we had to. Uh, make a setup, uh, and I don't think I actually made the movie movie, but we had to come up with so many other short video film videos, you know. Mm. So and I and I really like that because I understand how much work that goes behind making a movie, you know. Yes, this is something that I am learning, and <laughs> there is so much pre-production, post-production, let alone mm. the amount of hours on just a set day. It's just amazing. I think it would be really cool someday in the future you and I collaborated. Oh my god, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, so pay attention, who knows, but <laughs> it would be really cool. Maybe even something in film as I learned and you already have a background there. Right. I think that'd be very cool. You need to come to the US, to California to visit. I'm actually planning. Yay! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Maybe we can do an update podcast and see where we are all at and maybe that would be the opportunity for collaboration so cool. too. I think cool. you'd have a lot of fun. Um, I'm curious, is there anything that you would like to shine a light on, like any artist that maybe people don't know about, uh, that you would like to get their name out there, or that you think people could check out that might enhance, you know, their creativity as well? Well, uh, I can uh, mention the person that I'm living with, actually, because <laughs> <laughs> he's the first artist I see every day. <laughs> She's speaking of her partner, Essa. <laughs> So um, my boyfriend is from Finland, and um, he's a very creative person in his own ways. Mm. And actually, he's a very uh, he has a very strong opinion about his work, which makes him even better artist. Uh, you know, in 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 his own creative way, because you know he he knows very clearly what he wants, mm. and uh, he's. Uh, uh, you can check, uh, you know, his uh, website, and you can see all the photographs that he he, he have took. Is uh, you know they they are all um, uh, improvised, oh. or they have been set up. Right. And but they have been set up because he wants to tell a story, you know, in his photographs. So uh, and he's uh, he's he loves what he do, you know. Mm -hmm. He's really into it. And I, uh, I call because that's why I want to mention him because you know I I love the way he even does the housework. <laughs> he's uh, you know he's because he's very perfectionist. He yeah. wants to make sure you know we can't just get any furniture. It has to look good. It has to you know the color has to match with <laughs> creativity and lifestyle combined. <laughs> exactly, and you know, and I uh, and I realized that it's. Uh, you know when we are, we are when we are creative person mm -hmm. uh, and when we do anything actually anything in our lives you know to being in a home setting up your place uh having relations with your family we try to do it so uniquely and we try to make sense of it you mm -hmm. know we i think we just try to i think we do that naturally you know yeah and we want to have fun while we are doing that yeah well speaking of do you have anything else to say about Esther's work that you want um, to? I would, I would just say, please, uh, you know, you can uh, check his website to to be the your own, the, you know, beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. So yeah, we'll link to both yours and Esther's information for people that want to check it out. But when you're speaking about you know creativity and lifestyle, I think it's something very cool. Like you and Esther have collaborated on photography projects, but you also do, uh, if you don't mind mentioning, a kind mm -hmm. of cool ritual at Christmas. 
Yes. <laughs> Do you want to talk to us about that? Because I think it's really neat the way we can bring creativity into our lives. Right. And uh, yes. Okay, this is how it started. I have never celebrated Christmas in my life uh, before I came to Spain. Mm. So I never had the Christmas tree. And I, I, I know I have heard the tradition of having, you know, the tree and, you know, the presents and you decorate the tree and all that. But then again, being a creative uh, person, I thought, you know, I don't want to go and chop down a tree and just come and decorate in my house. Right. But I want to rather make my own Christmas tree. And as I thought, that's great. Let's do it. So it started in 2014. And, uh, you know, uh, since then it has become a tradition that every every December, every year, we... Uh, uh, it's not like we plan all the, you know, throughout the year, but it's just a couple of weeks before, you know, the ideas come. We go take a walk in the parks and, you know, like, uh, you know, in the mountains. And then we think, oh, you know what? Oh, okay. We we have a set of rules is that we try to use as much natural mm. objects. Sustainability uh, the, again. <laughs> <laughs> so from the nature, we try to uh, gather as much. We try to reuse, um, you know, uh, any materials that is left over in, in our house or anywhere in our friends. And if we have to purchase anything that is important, like, you know, uh, the switch or the lamp, because, you know, we just turned it into a lamp, then we try to, you know, we, we go and search for the, the most uh, cheapest <laughs> uh, lamp that we can find that can still be functional, mm. you know. So yeah, and uh, this is uh, this was our fourth uh, Christmas tree that we made. And what did you use this year? Oh, I used a lot of uh, because now and and also because we get a lot of influence from where we are living. Mm-hmm. So I try to pick up with the materials that I get around me because I want to remember that that Christmas tree was associated with that place, mm. you know, in that time. And so, uh, so this year has uh, been, um, you know, we are in the middle of these uh, uh, residential place, a, a little bit in the mountain where we can see the ocean. So we have all these trees of, uh, uh, I don't know what is that. It's like a Christmas tree, but it's not a Christmas tree. <laughs> and it has those little uh, flowers uh, that turn, that is like wood. So it's like a really brown wood. The pine cone. The pine cone. <laughs> I've never heard a pine cone described in such a way. That's beautiful. Okay. I love it. Okay. The the reason why it's beautiful, it's because it's very small. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, I don't know, two centimeter. Mm-hmm. And then when it dries out, it turns into, it just opens up looking like a flower. Uh, and I had never seen that. And you see, if I wouldn't have been making this uh, Christmas lamp tree thing, I would have never had that chance to go out and explore my own neighborhood. Right. So I found those little flowers and, of course, I saw other little seeds uh, that was just dry and, uh, you know, uh, good to be glued to the lamps. So, so uh, you know, it was that uh, what we made the lamp of this year. Yeah, very cool. And you also do usually a little film to go along with it. Or at least you have some years, or do you still do that? Yeah, we have uh, since two thousand fourteen. We have uh, all all the videos. We just we just uh, take uh, sh- uh, short footages uh, of you know what we are doing. So we have a little process, and then and, and guess what? We even try to make our own music behind. <laughs> so we sing and we play ourselves, and uh, you know you you can check it out later. Very cool. Note to my partner: we need to step up our date night. <laughs> <laughs> Movies and dinner just doesn't cut, no. cut it anymore unless you're making your own mini film. Man, I mean, seriously, you have to do something together to, you know, to, to, to produce something. I think it's, it's, it's so much more meaningful. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's these new experiences and learning more about each other. And I, I love it. I think it's amazing. Right. Um, yes. And also because, um, you know, we also learn about how to what we are best at because when we me and my partner we, when we whenever we make these kind of uh, you know artworks or you know the christmas lamps or table for you know whatever right yeah we try to understand what we are good at mm-hmm. we are honest with it mm. so it's not like you know what i'll do everything but i rather i know that you know he's good at this so i let him do all the builds and all the structure because he's really good at it mm-hmm. and you know he always uh, helps me make those uh, you know the base and uh, you know how the the lamp should go and the electric the electric line and everything right and then he goes like okay 
now my part is finished now it's your job <laughs> <laughs> so you know then i take over and i really like that because we are appreciating each other's uh, you know qualities and collaboration and it's also building on on what you're strong at you know sometimes we try and do it all and do it all ourselves and i think right. we mentioned this in a previous podcast is sometimes we try to be so independent and take everything on exactly but it, it's okay to rely on each other and to let somebody that maybe is stronger in one area do that and then you come in on your area i think we're happier that way yeah it's, and you will you know, be surprised if you let if you let the other person you know to to take over sometimes so collaboration is a good thing definitely and you were saying to me that you really like working in groups um, i love group projects yeah and i know a lot of people kind of scoff at least in university maybe it's different when you're outside of university but it's like oh no group project time Uh, don't 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 (laughs) for me it has been like you know uh because you remember even in uh, monda Mm -hmm. when we we were together Mm -hmm. uh you know in the school or when we're studying Mm -hmm. we uh we had to collaborate the the fashion designer the interior designer and And the graphic designer yes everybody else was complaining and i was like what are you (laughs) complaining about you know, I'm not going to go and do all the interior stuff, you know. That's where I need the interior to build, mm-hmm. you know, to build this concept, what we are talking about. And and as you mentioned, I, I love group projects sometimes because I feel uh, everybody can do the best part. And mm-hmm. can you imagine if there's like the best heads in the best field combined, you just you just create a bomb. <laughs> I love that because I think a lot of us go into group work thinking that, our voice isn't going to be heard and what about me and what about this but if you think everybody has their area and we can also build off of each other build off the ideas that they have but it's a it's a way better way to look at it i need to rethink my my group work because i know sometimes i think oh no (laughs) not so much in the real world but definitely when i was studying it was it was not my favorite but yeah it can be challenging if if the people don't turn up they don't do their job yeah yeah but if if you try to assume the best that they are going to do the work and that you're going to be you know everybody that's really good in their area you're right you come out with something amazing um i was also curious besides essa because i i know that you guys have influenced each other a lot is there anyone else in your life that has influenced your your artwork or it could be family or even somebody that maybe you just looked up to i would say my father Ah. uh Although he uh, joined the military, you know, when he was 16, 17 years old. So uh, he's uh, ex-military army. He he was serving the British army. Okay. But, uh, you know, he told me uh, that uh, he, he, w- he was always uh, keen on playing, uh, playing guitar, singing songs, and he loves to dance. But he was not allowed to because he was in the, in the army. But even though he have managed to, you know, um, make some sketches of my mom, uh, of his uh, parents, and uh, he's very good at, uh, you know, calligraphy. Wow. So it was really amazing for me to see that um, aspect of him being, you know, in the army person, although he's like very tough and, you know. So I have had a very uh, a bigger impact as well from my father. That's really cool and and seeing that how he embraced creativity so it wasn't necessarily a scary thing you know it's it's something you saw growing up so it became kind of very natural right and also you're saying that he did sketches of your mom so it sounds like they also had a pretty good relationship and (laughs) (laughs) they probably had some pretty good date nights as well because (laughs) they're doing some creative stuff together you know so that's that's interesting maybe that was an example you had there yeah we also talked about, I know earlier, about how music influenced us. And you were talking about your dad uh, playing guitar. Is there any type of music that you like to listen to while you're creating or anything, that, any kind of music that you think people might appreciate that you can let them know about? I mean, normally when I'm working, um, I, I, I prefer listening to just instrumental music. And, you know, in Spotify, there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, musics for meditations and yogas and piano and classic guitars. And so I I mostly listen to those when I'm working. But once I have, uh, you know, uh, felt like I'm confident with what I'm doing and I need some kind of energy. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I tend to listen or me and my partner, both of us, I think we tend to listen more, you know, of blues and jazz. And I I love Nina Simone Mm. and... Uh, Holiday, Billy Holiday, right? Uh, all actually very, very different genres we we listen to because, you know, I don't want to limit myself um, 
to one particular genre. So uh, one day I listened to Indian classic music because mm-hmm. I grew up with Indian classic music. And the other day I listened to some Nepalese folk music because it's still part of me. And then other times we were just going all American. <laughs> <laughs> like Johnny Cash. I know you like mentioned. Johnny Cash we both like Johnny Bob Dylan Cash. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, yeah, so uh, all kinds of music, I would say. Oh, very cool. So is there any advice that you would give to other creatives out there that are trying to, you know, find their, their place and their space and make a living? Anything that you can think of that, that maybe would help them out or just something that you wish you had known or had learned earlier? Okay, I can think, um, okay, if, if I would have to tell this to anybody, my, my, you know, my sisters or, you know, relatives or friends or, or people who I don't know, um, I'm just thinking as I'm speaking, mm-hmm. is that... I would say, and I'm only saying this from my point of view, right. is that uh, I think we should not limit ourselves mm. in thinking, um, you know, as I said, I, I did have financial, uh, you know, crisis for, you know, not being able to make my artwork because I didn't have the resources. Right. But then to find the solution for anything you want to achieve. Yeah. And if you cannot get exactly the same what you dream of, I would say at least try to get closer. Yeah. Find some replacements, you know, find other uh, other ways of uh, uh, replacing the, you know, the ideas uh, of uh, making that work. And when I and when you say creative people, I would say like, you know, the musicians, the dancers, the the artists who is like, you know, all kind of artists who are creative. I would I would really encourage everybody to just keep doing what you like to do. Mm. And even if you are so busy with your life, trying to make money, you're living and doing all the other things, you know, to try to find some some time for it. Because I think uh, you would uh, you would feel very satisfied uh, and you would feed your soul. Yes. You know? Keep trying. Keep, keep plugging away. Don't limit yourself. I love it all. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I also wondered is for people that want to look at your work, um, where can they find you? Do you have a website or Instagram that you want to link to? Okay, I have a website, (laughs) which I'm working on. Uh, I have wanted to give it a completely new look because, um, you know, because I have, I have so many new works that I haven't actually updated. Mm. But uh, all the works that is there, I'm also, I'm happy to, you know, to share the works that I have done, what is in the website. Uh, which are from my school projects or university projects or my personal projects. So the should, should you want me to tell me tell you the website name or? Yeah, if if you want to let us know the website name and then we'll also link to it um, on the Brave Maker uh, yeah. website. But if you want to just shout it out here and people are so listening. So it's a uh, dot com, and I have an Instagram. Uh, you know, because I have had uh, uh, this. Lots of conflict on what is the purpose of this, all these social medias, you know. Mm. I have been really struggling because I never actually had a Facebook before I came to Spain, which re- was in 2014. I remember Michelle and I were the first people to get you on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> that was just recently. <laughs> yes, and you know, I still am trying to find that, uh, you know, the answer, the, the, the true purpose of me having all these social medias. Mm. But I feel like the time is coming now. Uh, uh, I have an Instagram where I have tried to keep, you know, just like things, the works in progress. So if there's anything behind the scene that I haven't showed in my work, then I would like to share over there. So it's, uh, there is, it's, it's, it's starting. So be patient. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think seeing behind the scenes is so important, especially for people to really give value to what creatives do, because I don't I think, think everybody so. realizes how much work goes on behind yeah. the scenes. So I think people love looking at that. And the Instagram, I think, is D-I-P-T-E-E 2018. So Dipti 2018, if you want to check that out. And she's working on it. And just to reiterate, the website was D-I-P-T-E-E dash T-H-A-P-A dot com. Was I right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll link to it as well if you want to check her out. But was there anything else that you wanted to say or share at all? Um... I think music is so important in uh, our everyday life, especially mm. for the people who are creative. I think it has really influenced me in so many ways. It it motivates me 
it encourages me, it inspires me. Mm. So, and there are so many wonderful musicians and artists to, you know, to check out with. I'm not even done, you know, it's like never ending story. <laughs> so I feel, I feel like uh, uh, a good music uh, would, would be a very good way to start your day. Yes, very beneficial. <laughs> and that's a good point, actually, because on this podcast, we actually want to expose um, bring to light a lot of different artists, independent artists. So to anyone listening, if you are making music and you want to get it out there, send it in to us and we will play it on our outro. And music is very important and we'd like others to hear what you have. So I really like languages and I know yeah. you speak a few. So we're going to say goodbye to this episode of the Brave Maker podcast. And I'm just wondering if you can tell us a couple different ways how to say goodbye in some different languages. Okay. Um, uh, chai Chin. Is in, it in Mandarin? Chai, how do you say? Jai Chin. Jai Chin. Okay. Um, uh, Alvida. Alvida. In uh, Hindi. In Hindi. Cool. Uh, in Nepalese, it's pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll try to show it. Gaila. 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 It means like you know. Okay, I'm now seeing off. Oh, okay, cool. Um, adios in Spanish. Uh, yes. Of course, we're in Spain, so adios, hasta luego. Yeah, and in Hong Kong, uh, we would say ciao la. Really? Ciao? It's, it's like sim- it sounds similar. Sounds like ciao, right? Okay, so I'm not going to try and repeat all of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to learn, but I can't learn that fast. But because we're in Spain, I will say adios. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you join in next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said roaches all over the apartment he's staying Bills late, like cuts, like the profit ain't raising. Well, he got degrees pasted. Ain't no salary payments, and man's turn to handle his dirt. Pottery basics, they filthy rich. We keep it clean, but poverty came in from that disease. We down a hill, that's a Calvary basis. See, my mama been praying. Speak to God and keep waiting. Nowadays, hope is slow. Blood retaining. Now the government saying, we got the problem, be patient. In the aftermath, it's never adding up with equation. So they take into the streets, bunch of crimes to just make it. Drugs to a slave master. The whip crack and hit pavement. Life a gamble to the scammers. Every car they just play with. On the corner, steel purse. Like a couple ain't breaking. Only thing is pray the trade. Make it back, forget saving. Cause the future uncertain. They rather crave saving. Hey, sometimes I always seem to wonder. We blinding on the path. I really got the Stevie Wonder. Trying to swim and rather. We kinda sinking under. The more we trying to make it out, the problem getting harder. But through it all, I never let it get the best of me. Best of me, the best of me. Best of me, the best of me. And through it all, I never let it get the best of me. Best of me, best of me, best of me. Said the best of me. Home streets without the care, that's a phrase for loose schools. On the ground, but that's a meal before your plate to cook food. Cold world, never fur, time will take us through too. Been in the covers all our lives, like a day for new schools. Homie can't afford tuition, higher rates will look doom. Now he forced to find a way and fast, payment too soon. Till he realized the Mary Jane trade and do huge hop on the road. Selling high grade to make it through school. It's a hard knock, baby dad left. Ain't around to groom me. Words he said as he left the Glock to rob a few G's. Well, unfortunate, hit by cops, fire dude he. Sadly headed home for trying to play father duties. Talking to the maker, prayers high too. The Lord is shepherd to the poor while they fed on grassroots. Hoping tomorrow be a brighter day for sun moves. Good, bad, sometimes we in the middle place. High noon. Hey, sometimes I always seem to wonder. We blinding on the path, I really got the Stevie Wonder. Trying to swim and rub the, we kinda sinking under. The more we trying to make it out, the problem getting harder. But through it all, I never let it get the best of me. Best of me, the best of me. Best of me, the best of me. And through it all, I never let it get the best of me. Best of me, best of me, best of me. That was Best of Me by Ghanaian hip-hop artist Smith, spelled S-M-X-F. And I'm a little biased because that is actually my cousin, so I'm so excited that we are able to bring his music um, here for you all to hear. Jess, what did you think of it? I don't think you're being biased. I think it was awesome. I like the vibe of the song. I like the beat. I like his voice. 
It was good. Nice. And I don't know if I mentioned, but it was produced by Airworks. I just want to do that little shout out there. And if anybody else wants to get their music on our podcast, you just need to send it to podcast at bravemaker.com. Woohoo! <laughs> and anything else before we say goodbye to all of our Brave Makers? Yeah, um, I wanted to mention, so for our film festival in June, Brave Maker is always looking for more volunteers. We are looking for corporate sponsorships, in-kind donations, and people to help us get the word out. Yeah, so shoot us an email, give us a call. We're always looking um, to interact with you and to, to have to partner with you and to have your help. And I just wanted to mention again, back to Smith, that we will link all of his information in our show notes. So you can go and check out his other music. He's got some really good things, some great beats and just go and support him. And we're so thankful that he let us use his music. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for until next time. Adios. Goodbye. Bye guys. BraveMaker is a 501c3 non-profit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com.